0: Welcome to another episode of Turn the Corner, a Detroit Tigers podcast. I'm Kieran Steckley. With me, as always, is a man who owns the only copy of Ted Williams' second autobiography, The Science of Hitting on Women. He is Cody Stavenhagen. How you doing?
1: I I don't know how to respond to that one. I also thought you were going to make like a cryogenics joke at first. So, Uh, yeah, we're off to a weird start to this pod. Sorry if I sound a little stuffy. Lakeland allergies are killing me. But here we are. We are just a few days away from opening day. And we still have kind of no idea what the final roster is going to look like. So we've got a lot to talk about on this pod.
0: We do. And we're, you know, in the... Interest of transparency, we're recording this on Saturday morning uh, for a couple of reasons. One of which is Sunday, the 26th, is my first wedding anniversary. Congratulations. Um, I, Made in a year somehow. <laughs> Crazy. And I wanted to, this was not anything that my wife, Alexis, like asked for or anything, but she puts up with a lot of my sort of side time commitments and all that stuff. So I thought it'd be nice to be able to give. One day of uninterrupted, just the two of us, and uh, and then there's some other stuff going on in my life that I'll get to at the end of the podcast. Will you be texting
1: AJ Hinch about baseball during your anniversary?
0: You know, if he would respond in front of the podcast, he ought to respond. If he were to respond, <laughs> I would Actually, definitely. Would. <laughs> I, <laughs> I would. I would be texting him. Um, I probably we're going to a nice little steakhouse in downtown Dallas. I might ask him, you know, what cut of meat he recommends. I'm sure he's got some. Uh, Some good taste in that department. So, you know, AJ, text me back, bro. Uh, All right, let's get to some latest roster moves. A lot of us talking about the Tigers, a lot of things that you've written kind of center on these few position battles. And we came into spring training with an open-ended question at third base. I would say pretty quickly that question was answered in terms of who's going to be number one. There's still going to be some rotation there and some platooning there. But Nick Maton grabbed that by the horns about as well as anyone possibly could. And credit to him. Just had another home run, actually. And some of the other guys involved in that battle would have been Andy Abanez and Tyler Nevin. And Abanez was cut. And we joked a lot on this podcast about, yeah. oh, well, you know, he starts out well and then goes to the World Baseball Classic, gets hurt. I mean, he it seemed like he had done nothing to, like, not earn a spot. And, uh, but, you know, it's obviously not always that simple. He goes down. Will Vest, uh, a little bit of a perplexing. Actually, no, it's not perplexing. This no. is just how relief pitchers are. It, it's just like he was good last year and he just struggled and – you know, wasn't cutting it. I'm sure he'll be back in Detroit at some point, but he also goes down. And in terms of other kind of roster construction, Tyler Nevin, who, I mean, I'll ask you here in a second, you know, maybe, maybe not would have made it, Uh, but he's hurt. So that kind of uh, pushes that problem down down the street a little bit. And then Michael Lorenzen, a little bit of a groin strain um, as well. So that allows Joey Wentz. We talked about Manny versus Wentz. At least for now, not anymore. So, that leaves Kreidler still in the conversation. It leaves Cesar Hernandez still in the conversation. It leaves the Badu-Carpenter thing still at play. Could this be shaping up to maybe the both of them? Uh, you and some other uh, Tigers reporters, ha- uh, reporters have alluded to the Tigers looking for outside help. Uh, you know, it's crunch time, Cody. Like The season starts this week. This is our last podcast. Before there's actual baseball where the wins and the losses count. So uh, I know I just kind of threw a lot of things out there. There's a lot of things out in the air. What's kind of your interpretation of the move so far? And and, and kind of what are you hearing in regards to how this team is going to shape up? You know, we say heading north, but they're, you know, kind of not. But, you know, the metaphorical heading north, uh, to, to, so to speak.
1: Yeah, heading, what, west, maybe slightly southwest? Right. Um, <laughs> I think. To talk about the moves that have already been made, I was, I was surprised with India Banias. I guess I was on that train a little more than maybe some people, but it always seemed to me like the Tigers were really high on him. He made a lot of sense as a platoon option in their infield with Meton. Um I guess missing the time did not help him like we thought it would, but um, yeah, I was surprised he was just kind of removed from the conversation earlier than, say, uh, Cesar Hernandez or these other guys. Um, it does seem like an indication maybe the Tigers don't want to carry two veteran infielders. Maybe they do want to give a bats to a younger guy. This would seem like a real big positive for Ryan Kreidler, um, but I say this with some hesitation because A.J. Hinch has said multiple times, you know, everyone kind of thinks of Sunday as a deadline. That's the last spring training game. Well, Actually, you know, we have three days to set our roster. They don't have to set their roster until opening day. Um, I doubt that they're going to take just two or three extra days to talk about stuff they've already been talking about all spring. That seems to me like a pretty strong hint that the Tigers are going to seek some outside help. I I think that especially could be an infielder, maybe someone who gets uh, cut by another team they try to scoop up maybe you know i don't think it, we're gonna have any sort of blockbuster trade but maybe via trade it could happen um i get the sense and having a couple other conversations i think the tigers are definitely looking to add another infielder if it doesn't happen i don't think it'll be for lack of trying so right now you look at it and you're like oh okay cesar hernandez and ryan kreidler probably pencil them in right well i would say not so fast let's see what happens um to me, Cesar Hernandez has done everything he could possibly do to make the team. I would be disappointed if he is not on the final roster because, kind of like I said last week with the Banyas, what's the point of even bringing these guys in camp if you just if they do everything right and then, ah, we don't actually want them. Um, I guess depth and, and things of that nature help. But, like, you talk about earning a spot. I think he's earned a spot. We'll see what happens. The bullpen... Um, actually pretty easy to pin down at this point. I'm not sure how great we feel about it. There've been guys that we, we kind of have in the fold, such as Cisnero and Bo Brisky who have struggled recently this spring. Uh, but you know, I kind of saw the Will Vest thing coming earlier. His stuff just wasn't really sizzling. It was like, okay, think about it. Is he really one of your best arms, especially when Trey Wingener's is pitching very well. Jason Shreve has had a nice spring those guys need to be on the roster. Who goes? Um, Vest just made a lot of sense. And I think the real, you know, I see the bullpen probably being, let's see if I mess this up, trying to do it on the fly. Lang, Cisnero, Foley, Mason Englert, Rule 5 guys, had a nice spring. Uh, Tyler Alexander, I'd like him to pitch a little better, but lefty gives you length. He's probably in there. Jason Shreve, Trey wing And then you really have one more spot, probably a bulk reliever spot. I think it's going to be between Bobrisky and Garrett Hill. Neither of them have had great springs. To me, Bobrisky's stuff is a lot better, so I would lean toward him. Uh, But also possible the Tigers go for a little extra help in the bullpen too. So I think that's the way of saying there's a lot left to decide, and I think that's why A.J. said, pump the brakes. Let's wait until Wednesday
0: uh,
1: before we, we kind of call all this final.
0: Well, I think it's actually kind of funny that, you know, the season in Detroit doesn't start and, you know, for another week, pl- you know, after the season starts. Right. So, uh, the, the there's definitely, and AJ's alluded to it, like probably going to be a difference in roster between, yeah. you know, that first week span. And and I think those guys, uh, certainly apply by the way, you know, I think you deserve a little, little victory rap, uh, victory lap. For uh Wingenter's uh performance. It, it kinda started a little shaky. You were hype on him. I think as soon as you said it on the podcast, like, you know, this guy, his story, uh, you know, what his stuff are, and he had like a bad outing, maybe a couple, but it seems like he's bounced back and and I would say one of the more hyped new additions uh to the team there. So a little victory left for your boy
1: there. Right now he might pitch the ninth inning. Because Alex Lang struggled a little bit. Alex Lang's command has been up and down. So I think at the least, we are going to see um, Wingener in some some leverage innings early in the season. And we'll see how he fares.
0: Yeah, that'll be fascinating to follow. I did want to, you mentioned him just there. I did want to talk a little bit about Mason uh, Englert. We talked a little bit about him, you know, right after the Rule 5. Obviously, there's not a whole lot going on at that time. But we have, I don't know if we've said his name the entire time since spring training has started, and no one has, I feel like he's kind of gone under the radar, which, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying Rule 5s are the most attention-grabbing, like, guys, but at the same time, like, those are guys with, I guess, relatively major uh, major decisions on, on the line, you know, uh, given the nature of which they were uh, acquired and really talked about him, it seems like we're just all kind of penciling him in to make the team, which, if that's the case, uh, I feel like we ought to spend some time on him, and if you aren't familiar with his story, he was a high school kid, not far from where I'm uh, doing this podcast right now in Forney, Texas, He uh, he's only 23, he's a young 23, uh, doesn't turn 24 until uh, November, so, uh, so he's still got a lot of lot of miles on his arm because he didn't pitch for like three years after his uh two or three years or something um after he was drafted because of injuries and and covid or whatever he's only got 43 games of professional baseball on his uh resume less than 200 innings and he got up to double a this year so you see that the headlines are they picked a double a pitcher i mean yeah technically but like sort of like not really he pitched three games for the Frisco Rough Riders, you know, just down the road from me again, uh, the Double A affiliate of the Rangers, he only pitched three games. So he's, I would say, more or less a high ball pitcher. And if he's kind of flown under the radar and being penciled in to make the team, it's like, and he's got all these like, you know, in theory untapped potential. I mean, I feel like this is a guy worth giving some flowers here because uh, nothing was guaranteed and he's overcome a lot to get to this point. I don't know. I just feel like we're not talking about him enough.
1: Yeah, no, and and he's had such a really nice spring. I mean, he's been pretty consistent. The stuff's look good. He's got length. For a Rule 5 guy, that's really all you can ask. I mean, he's come in and I honestly just, I I know I looked at all this uh, when he was drafted in the Rule 5, but... After watching this spring, I think I just assumed he had pitched more in double-A because he just looks like a guy who has, you know. He looks like a guy who is a little more experienced. and he's, he's been fun to watch. He's been one of your more reliable arms this spring. And he has a really good backstory, too. You know, he had some tragedies in his in his family. Um, he's talked about his own journey with mental health a little bit. And he's got a real nice personality in the, in the clubhouse, takes his work very seriously. So I think Mason Englert is a guy worth rooting for
0: Yeah, for sure. And
1: if you want to read more, Jamie Newberg did a really good story for the Athletic uh, when Ingler was still in the Rangers organization. You can find that online, and it's a it's a whole fascinating backstory.
0: All right, plug the Athletic. If you're a subscriber, you can read that. In addition to all of Cody's great work, how about this? (laughs) I feel like it's just like another chapter of trying to figure out. But you know, go back to the position players here for a second. Uh, This. But do Carpenter thing. Um, To me, I did kind of venture as to whether maybe it's still possible they both could make it. I don't know what odds I would put on that. Because here's the thing. I would like a world where they were both there. I think I've been pretty clear on this because of their rather complementary skill sets in terms of what they can bring to a team on a, not everyday basis, but a basis of which you could use it every day. Badoo's speed, Carpenter's power. Um, I know you're not building teams like with pinch hitters in mind, but, you know, it'd be nice to... Carpenter went up in a key spot in the 8th inning. You'd you'd probably feel relatively okay, as opposed to some other uh, options, and... When Miguel's not playing, we've done this DH thing. Uh, it even got some more track on Twitter this week. Uh, you know, Miggy's blocking him there. It's not criticism of Miggy, but it would be nice to have Carpenters batting the lineup.
1: Yeah, it's no a battle doubt. that
0: I don't, I don't really want there to be a loser.
1: <laughs> that is fair. I'm trying to be the uh, advanced scout right now and figure out if, who's starting for the race in the opening series. McClanahan's going to start opening day. Probably Drew Rasmussen, who's a righty, will start the second game, and I'm not sure who's going to start the third game. I'm I'm kind of trying to count it out based on what they have done, and um, looks like well, the Zach Eflin is probably going to start Sunday, which would put him in line to start one, two, three, four, five. I'd guess Zach Eflin over Jeffrey Springs, who uh, Springs is a lefty, Eflin is a righty. Like, I think if Springs is, is going to start, there's no way you begin the season with both Badou and Carpenter, two lefties, knowing you're going to face two lefty starters in McClanahan and Springs. Um, I think that's kind of a sign. I would not be shocked at all if we see Badu and Carpenter on the same roster at some point this year, maybe even early this year, especially if you are facing a team... Um, that you know you're going to face right-handed starters and you're not very afraid of, the, of their lefties in the bullpen, but you know if if the if the reverse is true, if you're going to face a lot of lefties, I don't think you want that many left-handed hitters in the lineup. And I I would still give Badu a slight edge over Carpenter. Um, we've seen Badu actually come on a little bit. Bedu's come on. Yeah, a bit. he started hitting. Carpenter's hit well too, but. Uh, one thing that's really impressed me, Badu's looked a lot better in the field, man. He's getting better jumps, uh, and Carpenter's, Carpenter's still struggling in the field. So I think Badu's defensive growth actually uh, works in his favor quite a bit.
0: Yeah, and we'll talk about both of them a little bit. I kind of put a lot of the guys onto uh, onto roster tiers. Sorry, I got, got Merle in the back here, making sure he's not getting into anything he, uh, he shouldn't. Um, real quick, Cody, uh, I I talked about Nevin and, and you know his injury. He's probably not going to be ready to start the year, and you know. But was was that was that was that going to be? Is it is it still projected to currently be like a complication to figuring out this infield situation?
1: I don't know. Um, you know, I had had them on that last roster projection, and then changed my mind, and then the injury. I think kind of absolves the Tigers of having to make that decision. And if he comes back, you can send him to the minors or send him on a rehab assignment and just wait and see, kick the can down the road. Um, I think given the fact they sent down a Banez, seems like a vote of confidence in Kreidler, even if they don't add someone on the organization. Uh, I, I, I don't think that bodes well for how Nevin would have fit in the picture. That's just my thoughts on it, though.
0: Do you think Joey Wentz gets two starts? Before, the
1: run. um, I'm a little skeptical to think Michael Lorenzen's just gonna jump back in the spring, the the yeah. swing of things. A groin for a pitcher. If you ever heard of a guy named Daniel Norris, it doesn't always mm-hmm. uh, heal as easily as you might like it to. AJ Hinch has seemed to be optimistic about Lorenzen, thinks he's in a good spot from a pitching standpoint, but is more worried about him covering first base, you know, making a play off the mound, stuff like that. But I don't know. You start getting getting them back throwing, throwing a bullpen. I feel like it could put more stress on that groin. We will see. I would not be shocked at all if Joey Wentz makes a couple starts um, in the major leagues. And then, again, that leaves the decision open. I will be curious to see who's throwing better when Lorenzen is healthy, Matt Manning or Joey Wentz. I don't think it's a lock to just assume Wentz goes back down.
0: Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I... I somewhat worry for Wentz a little bit because as much as a, is he going to make the top five guy hype could be like, I just feel like those who know about Wentz are like really excited for, for what he can do. And, and I, you know, you gotta be prepared to play either way, but, he was not going to make the starting rotation in all likelihood, like to start the season, right? The top five was pretty much. Yeah, that.
1: I mean I think Matt Manning did enough his last couple starts to he would have he would have got that spot over Joey Wentz, yeah.
0: Yeah. So so now Wentz is in a way kinda like thrust into this and as we've talked about and we're gonna experience here pretty quickly, uh you're not really limping into the season schedule-wise here. So, uh, Hmm. you know, we'll figure out Joey Wentz uh, here pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, unless the Tigers get creative and find a way to avoid this, we're looking at probably Matt Manning and Joey Wentz starting the season against the Houston Astros, which that's a little bit scary.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know Wentz, you know, got up, uh, you know, last year and Manning, you know, this isn't his first rodeo, but it's still sort of a welcome to the big leagues, you know. Uh, well, the, the thing about, we've seen just in the time that we've been doing this podcast, like, how you bring in a pitcher, and then, I, I know a groin strain's not like a torn ACL, but it's like, and then they're gone, and it's like, you kind of forget, like, they were sort of, like, part of your picture to begin with. I hope that doesn't happen for Lorenzen. I think this is a really big year for him, personally. So, I uh, uh, hopefully that, you know, this is not the case, but... You know that's kind of how baseball is, man. You can kind of get lost in the shuffle real quick. All of a sudden, Joey Wentz is dealing. I mean, there's a more than zero percent chance, you know, uh, uh, of something weird happening. That that that's all I'll say about that. Uh, you wrote about. So I got Merle back here, uh, very loudly scratching himself. I thought it, like he was like eating something. That's how loud it was. Uh, you wrote about Spencer Turnbull. we talked about Spencer Turnbull a lot, and. We're gonna do both predictions here in a in 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 a bit. I did think about doing some turnbull bolt related bolt prediction, but I was like, I just decided to go a different direction, not because of uh, less of strong feelings about said bolt prediction. But I'm starting to, but I am starting to worry myself about. Am I hyping this guy a little too much? Like I am. Very, very much looking forward to him pitching this year. I'm very much looking forward to him I don't know, making us like whether he is officially or not kind of being like the ace of the staff. Like I, I, I like I have visions of that. And, and you wrote about this week. You had the numbers there, how really good he, how good he was, how he was really finding himself. You have some, you know, quotes from guys, you know, he had that moment there with Judge, he's gotten out of jams, like he's powered through metaphorically and literally in terms of getting through innings and situations that he put himself in he's got all this stuff i i I guess the only thing left to say right here before the season starts is what is his ceiling especially you know with the tommy john thing you got to quell yourself a little bit but like i'm excited for the turnbull experience this year i feel like we were robbed of it the past you know whatever 18 months
1: Oh, I mean, I, I don't think it's breaking news that I think Spencer Turnbull's really good. I mean, I think his ceiling is a number two starter on a good team. I think he is your best starter when he's at his best on this team. Um, interested, I think he's still building back some stamina, some longevity, so I do want to see, is he able to get into the, the sixth and seventh inning? That's probably the, the one thing we haven't really quite seen from Turnbull this spring, just, you know, obviously because it's spring training, but... I'm so impressed with how his command has been way better than I would have expected. He talked in his last start. He's, he feels like he can pitch without his A stuff a lot better than he would when he was a young pitcher. He's learned how to just um, you know make things work when he has his B or B minus stuff, not necessarily chasing strikeouts and, and missing bats. He's become a more complete pitcher and bounce back from Tommy John so far. As, as well as really I've ever seen anyone. So, I, I mean, I think that's, I guess, Justin Verlander last year, but uh, I think very good signs for Turnbull going forward. I'm, I'm super optimistic about him, and I think his, he can plop right back into where he was in 2021, which was a pitcher on the rise, a pitcher that was really starting to get more national attention for how good he's been.
0: Yeah, and I guess I am also curious... Um... You know how he's feeling, like AJ. Like it, you know, AJ's <laughs> AJ could hype somebody up and then you know bring them down pretty easily. Just in general, uh, he he has that gift uh, among many gifts that he has when it comes to speaking to the media, and you know his teammates like Haas, Rogers, guys catching him. Uh, side note: Before we get to the turbo thing, I want to make sure I don't forget it. Uh, in terms of the roster construction stuff, uh, just shout out Jake Rogers and obviously Eric Haas too. Uh, For just really making the catching thing, like, not really that much of a story other than, hey, Rodgers doing pretty well, the defense is good, Haas, you know, working on this, blah, blah, blah. It it became a more constant than I thought uh, it potentially could have been uh, coming in. So, shout out to those guys. Yeah, Uh, I I, I
1: have a couple more notes off that. Um, Donnie Sands, our boy Donnie Sands, probably one of the bigger, like, disappointments, not the right word, but... Yeah, like he he didn't have a a very good spring. Like, we got pretty excited about Donnie Sands there at the start of camp, and then he kind of struggled all around. He, you know, not necessarily an indictment on his future, but definitely looks like a guy who needs a little more time in the minor leagues. Uh, His swing can get really long. He was a little messy, is the word I would use to describe him defensively behind the plate. Like, I'd like to see his game just calm down a little bit. Um, it's kind of unfortunate he didn't really push for that job more but luckily Jake you know Jake seized it real quickly. And one more note that I was thinking of. Um, remember that that whole like Brian Windhorst meme last year on ESPN where he's like connecting all the dots you know You asked me either last week or two weeks ago why is Zach Schwartz still on the 40man roster? And I was talking to an opposing scout and he he just blew my mind. And he's like, Zach Short's going to make the Tigers roster, right? And I was like, I don't I, I, don't think so, no. I was like, I think, you know, and he's like, oh, well, we you know, we love Short. And I was like, wait, what is going on here? And I was like, it is interesting that Short is still around this late in camp. Not only did he stay on the roster all offseason, he's still around late in camp. There's got to be something to this. And I'm not quite sure what it is, but it's either A – the Tigers, I'd say particularly Scott Harris, like Zach Short more than we all assume. Maybe he has a real chance more than we all assume. Uh you know, or B, could he be part of a last minute trade? I think that's something to consider. I don't know if it'll happen. Uh and then I guess the other option would be he's just around for depth and and there's actually not anything to it. But I look at this and I'm like, there's I think there's a little more to the Zach short conversation. I'm interested to see how that plays out as soon as the next few days.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's kind of funny. There are certain things and, and, you know, if you follow report on talk about whatever, you know, any of these sports teams you think, you know, because you consider yourself knowledgeable and all that stuff. And then, you know, something happens. A team does this or doesn't do that, and you're like, "Am I the idiot? Is am I missing something?" Uh, this, that is the Zach Short experience for me. It's like, you know.
1: Yeah, and I will well, say Zach I can I can, I can like, see I why bad them, but I like, can see know, why like, a team, particularly a an analytics heavy team, would like Short. He hits for power. He draws walks. Um, he has very good actions in the field. I think back to when the Tigers first got Zach Short or spring 2021. I like Zach Short a lot uh and then unfortunately we saw a lot more of zach short and as good of a fielder as he is he kind of boots uh, a little more balls than you would like he can struggle some against velocity i mean just a lot of swing and miss a lot of strikeouts he heated up there for a little bit this spring and, and credits to zach who's a really cool guy and has had himself a nice spring overall but went back to struggling later in this camp and i think particularly when he's faced actual major league pitching he has struggled but i can see why a team on the surface would like him
0: yeah and you know if he's a good guy to have around the clubhouse and you know and can help out in other areas like we're not saying there's no value here it's just yeah you're probably right we've probably just seen too much just seen too much uh but who knows? Who knows what will happen? Right, but so
1: so has A.J. Hinch, so have the Tigers. Like, there's got to be a reason he is going down to the wire here in camp. And interested to see what it well, is. Well, you
0: know, in the book Moneyball, like, Nick Swisher is, like, a big subject because he's, like, the ultimate example of, like, their approach, their analytical approach. And also, like, he was a top prospect anyway. So, like, both sides kind of liked him. It's very fascinating to read if you haven't read it. Um maybe Zach Short is the Nick Swisher of uh the, the Harris Hinch style of ball. There's just something there that they just love there that he's like the ultimate example of X. I don't know. I don't know. I like, you know. Uh there's there is a reason. But anyway, you go back to I like that tangent. That's very good information. I think people should realize that. So he does make the team. It's like, oh, my God. Well, maybe they lost him, you know, whatever. Um, I mean, if he makes the
1: team, people are going to be losing their minds. They're going to lose their mind. And <laughs> I'm not sure they, like, again, I, I don't think he's going to make the team. I don't think he should make the team. No offense to Zach, again, who works his butt off. Great guy. But that's, you know, it's pro sports. But.
0: Yeah, that's how it works. Uh, not, not
1: not to repeat it, but, like, there's something here. I can't wait to find <laughs> out what it is.
0: All right. So back to Turnbull uh <laughs> I, that was a really good tangent uh back to Turnbull I was just kind of curious like you know like what how, how AJ Hinch is kind of talked about him like we've seen the words but like how has he talked about him how's Turnbull talked about himself I, it'd be really great to know what Chris Fetter thinks but that that you know conversation for a different day uh and the catchers so like how how, how are the guys around Turnbull and you know him himself how are they feeling how what you know How are they looking at him, too? Because, like I said, I'm hyped. You know, you wrote about him this week. Uh, You obviously are a big believer in in Turnbull. But how do the guys on the team kind of think about him right now?
1: I mean, yeah, I think they know when Turnbull's on the mound, they got a good chance to win. Uh, You talk to anyone who's ever caught him, they'll be like, oh, his stuff is nasty, like nasty, nasty. To the point, he's probably not the most fun guy to catch, you know. He still does have a little bit of that effectively wild um, makes the catcher work a little bit but also when he's dialed in man when his slider's working you know that that catcher's got to feel comfortable putting down the signs or I guess the modern term is going to be punching in the signs you know <laughs> Uh, I, I no, I think guys are very comfortable with with Turnbull other than Eduardo who's just so smooth and steady every time out you know I think I think they have as much confidence in Turnbull as anyone
0: else all right, so we, uh, I'm sensing a theme here on this podcast right now, and this is like the ultimate, the season's right about to start podcast, because we're just talking about hype and projections and things, and we're not stopping talking about hype right now. A couple of weeks ago, maybe three, maybe a month, I don't know, it all kind of runs together, I had said, I was like, Cody, what, what is going on? No one's talking about Riley Green. And like it was just like oh there he is. Uh, there he is okay cool yeah batting practice but there you know this is a guy that was I mean as hyped a Tigers player as we've had in a couple years and it was a high draft pick shot through the minors number one prospect like all that stuff and you know it's it's Riley Green eh? there's another single you know you know it, it just it, it kind of seemed ho hum no no no. We got it now. We got it now via your colleagues at The Athletic. The Riley <laughs> Riley Green hype train is officially in motion. So, friend of the podcast, one of the better friends of the podcast, Keith Law, had a little, uh, you know, 10 breakout guys or whatever, and he put Riley Green on there. He uh, talked about the bat. this is going to be a theme if anyone's projecting Riley Green— kind of the bad luck with the barrel rates and, and the average on those as opposed to what is uh, considered the median. And a lot of his strikeouts, which he struck out too much, but he pointed out a lot of that had to do with taking strikes as opposed to swing and miss. So he said that's, generally speaking, easier to correct than swing and miss. So he projects uh, 15 home runs. It's just a couple of numbers here. 15 home runs and OBP of over 340. And he had, like I said, had him on his breakout list. Another colleague of yours, Eno Saris, went up, turned it up just a little bit on Riley Green. He had a 2010 projection. He talked about barrel rates and, 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 um, and his approach. And it's the same kind of reasoning. He just kind of projected him a little bit higher in terms of, like I said, guys who could break out this year. So... I'm just here to say the Riley if you were waiting for it to go because if you're listening to this podcast if you're a Tigers fan chances are you're old you've been on this hype train for years now but I'm here to tell you there's a little bit more company and it's a chugging it's officially chugging Cody
1: Yeah no doubt and Riley's been so good this spring hitting 333 997 OPS that's going to put him in like the top 11 or 12 big league hitters this spring, not to put too much uh, stock in spring training results, but you see Riley Green hit off minor league pitching and it's like, it's just too easy for him. He's been good. Um There's not, back to like, I don't know what more I have to say other than when Eno Saris says something, I tend to believe it. He's one of the better analysts in the business and really good at interpreting uh, deeper level numbers going beneath the surface and finding something. So, I already believe anything with Riley Green, but I, I think having a vote of confidence from Eno Saris makes me uh, feel even more likely Green could have a pretty big year. And, you know, here's one thing we don't talk about enough with Riley Green. This guy does the little things as well as, as, well as anyone on this team. I mean, as well as any player his age probably I've ever seen. Um, stuff like, you know, backing up third base on throws when he's in left field, the way he – We talk about his outfield instincts that are good. He has a great knowledge for the game. He's adaptable at the plate. He does so many little baseball player things, and for as much as his natural talent is off the charts, I think it's those little things that are going to really separate him and already have separated him uh, and, and will only increase as his career progresses.
0: Yeah, and I did want to make note that... So Keith Law did breakouts. Eno did bold predictions so this was just general it was it wasn't even like you know here are some guys who could surprise you it was like all of baseball so he has things like you know baltimore makes the playoffs and you know that kind of stuff so that's the list that riley green made there so good for riley good for riley uh all right well why don't we do let we do a bold prediction here cody i got one i think you got one too um i mentioned earlier i thought i thought but putting Turnbull in there, it's like, you know, maybe Turnbull's an all-star. Maybe that's maybe that's the bold prediction. Yeah, okay. Yeah. No, I wanted to go deeper. I wanted to go maybe a little bolder. Tigers haven't had a position player make an all-star team, and again, excluding Miguel Cabrera getting this honorary thing that he deserved, but he did not make it in the traditional sense, so just for the record there, I know he was an all-star last year. I think since like 2017, Justin Upton, I believe, yeah, was the last yeah. one. Of them. Yeah. I think there's going to be a position player make the all star team for the wow. title. Wow. Who's that well, going to be? And, and, oh, I'm going to tell you. I think it's going to be Javi Baez. Wow. Because he is going to have a 2020 season, something he has done once in his career. That was 2018. He was an All-Star that year. And I think, A, he's hot. I'm going to assume, this is assuming he's going to start out faster than he did last year because World Baseball Classic, we talked about that. And the stolen bases are going to be easier. He certainly plays the style of game where he could get a rogue base or two if he wanted. And uh, I think he's just going to, I think he's going to be feeling himself more as he should, as he should, you know, do you Javi? you know? And so I think we see, we, we've been kind of anticipating a bounce back in general, just because of all the things that go into like signing a big free agent contract and all the specific instances of last off season. And I'm here to say, like, I think all that's, all that stuff has gone away. He's in like mid-May form right now, having gone through the World Baseball Classic and and played well there. By the way, made the all-B a WBC team. So, uh, so what's bold? What's bold if you think he's going to bounce back? You can't just say he's going to be a bounce back. That's not bold enough. He's going to be 20/20. He's going to get 20 bases. This is the what baseball wants is more hobby bias. Yeah. You get rid of the shift. You want fast, uh, exciting play. He's gonna go steal some bases. I think AJ Hinch is gonna encourage him, you know, to a scale to to go out and grab a base. I think the power, some of that power is gonna come back. Pitchers aren't gonna be, they're not gonna be able to approach him the same way because of the pitch clock. It's gonna be, you know what I mean. Go go go. That fits him perfectly. Javi Baez, all star. And 2020 guy this year, and I should note that I was really on track for my bold prediction of Tarek Skubel making the All-Star team last year had he not gotten hurt. Uh, I, I, I I was feeling good about that to a certain point. Now, he did have the dip there too, but like that was looking pretty for a while, so I just wanted to brag about myself there for a second. That's my bold. Javi, all-star. He's the name recognition. That helps, obviously. Position player for the Tigers for the first time since Donald Trump was a newly minted president, and he will have 20 home runs and 20 stolen bases.
1: It's a big prediction. We'll see if he runs that much, if he gets the green light that much, but I certainly think there's reason to believe that. It's funny. Baseball wants more of Javi Baez, and Tigers fans seem to just want less of Javi Baez. I'm telling you guys, give him a clean slate. Give him a clean slate for a couple months, and I think you might view Javi a little bit differently this year if you're willing to have a little bit of an open mind. All right, My bold prediction, I think because it's the end of spring training, I feel like I've just repeated all my talking points, so it's not anything new. I think it would have to be based around Spencer Turnbull. I think Spencer Turnbull is going to be your all-star. I think this guy's just going to light it up. I think I think he's going to have an all-star first half, and then we will get to spend the next couple weeks after that talking about if the Tigers are going to trade him or not. I think I've already seen Turnbull needs to be traded on Twitter a couple times. So we're, we're going to see more of that, and I think they probably should not trade him uh, unless you get just a really good offer of hitters because Turnbull's good. He's the type of guy you might want to just think about keeping around.
0: Well, it, I don't have his contract stuff in uh in front of me, but I do know that if you were to trade him, uh you better get yourself a haul. That's all that's yeah. all that's all I'll say given the parameters. My my other
1: bold prediction I'll, we've already talked about is that Eduardo Rodriguez will be traded before the end of the year. That's my other.
0: One. All right. Duly noted. So we talked a lot about these, you know, these guys on the team. We're gonna to go to more later with the the tiers, some of the guys that we haven't talked about. Uh, but I wanted to kind of get to the broad sense. So I went to an online sports book that I won't name because they do not pay me to name them. But I went to an <laughs> online sports book, and I just wanted to see what the latest over under was on the Tigers, and what the odds were for each one, because that will really kind of tell you what what Vegas is thinking, is what the odds are. So the over/under right now is 69 and a half. So basically, do you think they're gonna win 70 games? Uh, for those that aren't like that into the gambling or whatever, do you think they're gonna win uh, 70 games? If you don't, if you think they're gonna win 70 games, obviously hit over. So the over odds. So 70 or more wins is minus 105, which again, if you're not that familiar, is basically even money. Basically even money for if you want to bet the over. If you want to bet the under it's -115 which is still basically even money but not as close. So so you bet 100 to uh you you yeah, you bet 105 to win 100. If you want the over, you bet $115 to win 100 if you bet the under. So obviously we're not going to have you do like you know gambling advice here Cody, but to me, this speaks to the mystery of the team. As much as we excited to see these individual guys, to see uh, who's going to break out, how Green's going to do, what kind of player he is, Torgelson, who we'll get to later, like all these things, Turnbull, we talked about. On a broad sense, there's still a lot of mystery surrounding this squad. It's a low number, so keep, you know obviously that's a low number, but... The fact that Vegas doesn't know which way to sway you to entice you to bet the over/under tells you they don't know either. So I, (laughs) I say this to you: uh, What is the level of intrigue for you personally with this team? Just you know, again, not not the win-loss record, but just like in general, like do you even have? Do you have? Having spent all this time in Lakeland, having You know, talk to AJ, talk to the players, talk to your beat writer colleagues, you know, gone, you know, talk to your sources, like all this stuff. You're as connected as they come. Like, do you even have a sense uh, 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 of this team just in general? Like, not like, oh, are they going to win this many games? Are they going to be competing for the playoffs at this state? You know, whatever. Just a sense of like what we're going to get into here in a couple of days. Just a sense. Do you even have a sense? Because if you didn't, I wouldn't blame you.
1: Yeah, I think I do. I think I didn't coming into spring. I think I'm leaving spring. Like last year, I came into spring feeling really good about the team and left being like, yo, these guys can't hit. This year, I came into spring being like, I don't know. And I'm leaving spring with a clear picture that is – there's a very limited upside with their talent. I think they're going to get their doors blown off by better teams such as the Astros, maybe such as the Rays. could be a little bit of another bad start as much as I hate to say it, but I think they're improved and I could see some things easily coming together throughout the course of the summer. When some of these young guys get more settled in, I think AJ Hinch and Scott Harris will really figure out things in a more solid manner. Um, I don't know, not telling anyone how to gamble, but I see him still winning somewhere in the 70s. 73, 74, but maybe a 73 that feels better, you know, than a 73, if that makes any sense. That's kind of the sense I'm getting for this team.
0: Yeah, Uh, and I'll tell you, uh, we haven't even, other than in passing, talked about Maton today. That's going to be exciting to watch. Uh, Matt Vierling, you know, as well. And so, yeah, I... Credit to the Tigers for making this an interesting team, more so than I thought. And you know what? Also, credit to the Tigers for branching out a little bit when it comes to the broadcast. Broadcasts in general for the Tigers are a subject of of Twitter. Um, A lot of times not for good. A lot of times for great. If you know what I'm talking about, then you know what I'm talking about. And uh, they're also going to have, was it, 22 Spanish-language broadcasts this season. Carlos Guillen, which every time you write a, a, a mention, Carlos Guillen, I just love that you have to put like, you know, no relation or, you know, whatever. I just think that's awesome. I, I don't know. I just think it's great. Well, and then
1: someone still like, someone on Twitter was like, amazing yeah. transition for the former ball player. <laughs> it's like, be glad to know you didn't actually click on the story, bro.
0: <laughs> but he's kind of headed this project to get the tie. Uh, uh, again, I don't want to spoil all your story, but I do want to give everybody who deserves credit credit. Uh, but he's been on this for a while. The Tigers are going to do it. The numbers of teams in general who have uh, Spanish language broadcasts and especially full-time ones are lower than I thought they would be just in general, uh, but the Tigers, you know, say what you want about Alavila, but I always thought it was awesome that, like, my favorite team had a Cuban-born guy as, as their GM. Like, we all want more opportunities for more people, and 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 that was a sense of pride uh for me as a tigers fan uh but like it's been great to see the tigers like embrace like latin american culture with the fiesta tigers and uh, tigres excuse me and all this stuff and this is just another step in that right direction that takes i'm sure it takes a village to be able to do all this stuff i have no idea uh but credit to carlos credit to everybody the tigers for doing it i thought it was really cool
1: yeah, for sure. I should take this opportunity to say a lot of people worked on this. Um, people in corporate sales and marketing, and and I don't even know how many departments it takes to make this actually come together. It takes a lot of work. A lot of people worked on it. Um, Carlos Kian also, you know, I think, is really good at his job as as uh, an interpreter. He, I know he's very proud of this. He's worked very hard to make sure the Latin players and the Tigers are better represented and the latin fan base is better represented which again think about it miguel cabrera i mean i i can think of at least one i think two international students we went to school with at oklahoma state from venezuela and they were tigers fans because of miguel cabrera and that's a very small sample and a reminder the tigers are huge in venezuela because of miguel and now javi baez in puerto rico and all these like it's overdue, honestly, that they didn't have a Spanish broadcast before, but this is a a very good step for the organization. So kudos both to Carlos and to everyone else who who put in hard work to make that one happen.
0: Yeah, and hopefully this is just the stepping stone, you know, and and, yeah. and hopefully this you know helps cultivate like a better experience for everyone in the organization. You know, I th- I think this is a great thing. And again, if you read Cody's story, uh, me personally, like I physically have a lot of hats and kind of a hat guy metaphorically Carlos Guillen has <laughs> so many hats and like yeah. I would love maybe you can ask him one time hey can you just like print me out your resume if you were applying for a job and just have everything on there like the eight pages that it he, would take so yeah he said
1: it's four pages and that's after he trimmed it I didn't even this guy's his experience is incredible you can read the story to get a little bit of a sense of that yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, he's a he's a worldly man I'll I'll, I'll say that and uh, I have I have no doubts that that production will be uh, will be high quality. Um, so, as you're talking there, and I'm kind of getting my notes together to you know what our next subject's gonna be, I, I'm on the Athletic app and I just go to the Discover page. Just it, just hit Discover, search function. It's really easy if you look for an author or a guy that somebody's been written about or a team or whatever. I love that about the app, of the Athletic, free plug. Number one, you just hit Discover is your story this week Cody about out of the park the background uh I don't even know where to kind of like frame this to you or whatever uh but if 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 you're deep into baseball chances are you know about uh, out of the park uh I don't know if you would have known all that went into it and all that I'll just say the headline and then that should like get people like an idea of just how uh wild this is. How a German programmer created the deepest baseball sim ever made. So that, that that's all I have to say. I, like, I don't even know. But it was a it was, it was a, as fun a story as you'll read, Cody. And as meaningful, too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It was one of those stories where can't really tell you how it came to me. I've played out of the park a long time. I don't like to admit how much I play it to people. Probably the nerdiest thing I do. But um, if you're not familiar with the game, it's more of a management-based game. It's not like MLB The Show... Or, or things of that nature. Uh, but if you think you can do a better job rebuilding the Tigers, this is the best way to uh, to go give it a whirl. And and I've tried many times on the game, and sometimes successful, and, and sometimes not. It's it's incredibly deep. and I, So I've played it for a while, and I was just kind of thinking, like, who even created this? Like, how is it so detailed? And I, I kind of probably assumed it'd be, like, someone who worked in a front office and then got into programming, or some, like... Ivy Leaguer. No, it was a guy from Germany. And I was like, wait, wh- what? How? And uh, turns out, you know, I got in contact with him, and the story is even more fascinating than I would have thought. This guy's uh, name is Marcus he's a He's a very cool guy. And he had a friend when he was around 14 who came back from visiting family in the US and came back with a glove and a bat and some balls. And they started throwing it up in the air, didn't know what they were doing. Long story short, he became hooked. He loved the numbers of baseball, he had programming skills, and now he's built a game that, that has increased wildly in popularity. If you haven't played it um, and you love baseball and strategy, I would highly recommend it, and I'd I'd recommend you read the story because there's a lot more to it, and Marcus talks more about his own journey, both in his career and, you know, dealing with very relatable things like mental health struggles. And you can also see there are MLB teams that have literally used this to run through scenarios or use it as a little bit of a teaching tool, which is very cool.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of, lot of reminders in there about, you know, humanity and the struggles we all face and, um, and how random life can be in, in a lot of the best ways. So um, if you're into that with a with a with a baseball angle, it's one of the reasons we love baseball sports. Is that uh, it, it branches out into so many other things about culture and humanity and and personal relationships and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. All right, so we can kind of we talked about a lot of guys in this podcast, but uh, there's some we haven't mentioned, like Spencer Durkelson. kind of important, right? You kind of said he was like you know most important guy in the athletic. So. Yeah. I was kind of jotting down, you know, the the thing to do now in sports media is to do tiers. So I was like, let's do some tiers, you know? And uh, so I was like, let's kind of put some of these guys. It's, it's not comprehensive. I just kind of did it off, uh, not like off memory, but sort of like what came to my mind first. So uh, if, if I'm leaving somebody out, it's not because I don't think about them or whatever, but it was just like, who fits this real quick? And then if you, do you have... Some guys I miss, Cody, please tell me. I have four tiers for this team. Not worried. Optimistic, but curious. Holding my breath. And throwing up my hands. Basically, I don't know. Like, what? I don't know. So, we'll start out with not worried. Not worried about Eduardo Rodriguez. Uh, the, The guy is... The consummate professional, he's going to be pitching for, I feel feel like, for a long time. You know, the, the contract thing is going to be a fun topic when it comes up. He is your opening day starter for the second consecutive year. Congratulations to Eduardo. Uh, when he's on the mound, man, he's just, he's just automatic. He's just automatic to, to his skill set, you know. So I'm not worried about him at all. I'm not worried about Riley Green. Like I'm, um, I, I, I'm excited for him and all that stuff, but there's been nothing to kind of quell any hype. So I'm gonna say I'm not worried, but I'm excited as hell to see, you know, how that trajectory goes. Not worried about Jose Cisnero. I, I, I just kind of feel like, I just kind of feel like he's, I don't know, 360 career ERA. He can fill a variety of roles in the bullpen. I'm not saying he's great, but. I don't know, I just, feel, I, I just feel like he's a pretty steady guy to have back there that you could, again, use in a couple of different facets. He's not perfect, but I'm not worried about him. And then also, you know, he's a guy who I'd also be curious about, like, what his career slash top of the Tigers long-term trajectory is. But I'm not worried about him. He comes out on the mound in a crucial situation. Feel okay. Feel okay. If he's healthy, which is, uh, is a little uneven, yeah. but... I guess maybe. Yeah, I'd
1: put I'd put him a little more in holding my breath. He's looked pretty rough this spring. He's had a lot of minor nicks over the past couple years. Getting older, uh, I, I definitely think he should be on the roster, and probably something will click. We've seen him have little rough patches before, and he usually overcomes them, but. I would say I'm still holding my breath given it's been a rough spring for him.
0: And then I had Eric Haas. Eric Haas is uh not worried uh yeah. best hitter of the past 2 years. Uh you know, what's his ceiling? I don't know, but when you're talking about catchers like you're not as worried about ceiling per se, you know, like yeah, you know, get this right, you know, continue your tools, hometown like great story all around, not not very worried about uh Eric Haas. All right.
1: Yeah, I think you know what you're getting with Haas. Exactly. Value
0: in that. Optimistic but curious. So I got Spencer Torkelson, Nick Maton, Matt Verling, Spencer Turnbull, Jake Rogers, and Kerry Carpenter. So I put Maton and Verling there, you know, because this is kind of like a a little bit of a hedge to say but curious, you know. I put Maton and Verling there just because they're going to be full-time guys or close to full-time guys for the first time. So that's, you know. You can't expect too much as, as much as Mayton has just killed in spring training and, and Verlaine's done nothing to quell hype, just kind of more been overtaken by Mayton. Uh, Turnbull we talked about Jake Rogers. We talked about Carrie uh, Carpenter. We talked about, and I put him optimistic, but curious. We'll get to the Badoo here in a second, but I put Carpenter there because I just feel like there's a more established tool that, that plays so far. It has played. So Although I favor Badu over Carpenter, I put Carpenter. That, that's why this is such a tough <laughs> roster decision. Because I, But I put him kind of higher on this tier, if, if that makes sense. But Torque, we haven't talked about Torque uh, in a bit because I, we just, you know, he's good. He's good. But he, he continues to show well. He's quiet. I want to say quietly. I feel like if Torque didn't struggle as much as he did last year. And he had this same spring train. Let's just say he had a more Riley Green esque 2022, and then as he's come on this spring, I feel like he would have been on some of those lists that we talked about earlier, you know. But but everyone's still kind of I know I didn't put him here, but everyone's still kind of holding their breath. But I'm more optimistic than that. I think he's I'm optimistic but curious. I feel like there's he's like I said before he's checked every box. Uh, he's just the other day, what do you have like a almost 110 exit single turn on a yeah. fastball? I'm
1: I'm I'm finally getting sold on this a little bit. You know, when Twerk really started heating up this spring is when I was uh, back in Detroit. wasn't at those games. Came back, it's like, all right, let, let's see what this is actually about. And man, he just looks looser. He looks so much more comfortable in the box. Even then, I was like, okay, I need you to turn on a fastball. That's all I want to see is you turn on a fastball, and he's done it a couple of times in the past few days. You know, pull side, line drive, 110x of VLO off 93. Um, that That's all I wanted to see from him. That was, like, the last piece I wanted to see. He's having good at bats. Uh, I, I think optimistic but curious is absolutely where I'm at with Torkelson. He's finally, he's finally checked off that last box.
0: Yeah, and if you, if you think about it, like, we're going to get to this guy in a second, but Austin Meadows, we talk about him being a free agent addition uh, to the team, more or less. Uh, I know Torek was there almost the entire year, but but if he's any semblance of the version that he was coming up in the minors, I would almost consider him an addition because uh, it was, it was as poor as if you would, you had a lower level replacement player there. This is what it was. So, uh, so, yeah, so a, a big boom for the lineup if, if he continues to progress as he has. All right, holding my breath. I have Alex Lang because, as you talked about earlier, it's like, you know, it's not, not the best stretch you could have going into the season, and we know he's going to be used more heavily in crunch time. So, holding my breath about that. And, of course, with his stuff, as wicked as it is, there <laughs> is it fair to say maybe there's more... Gregory Soto elements, not like the pitching el- stuff per se, but like Gregory Soto elements to Alex Lane that maybe we all want to admit right now. Oh, yeah. You're,
1: you're going to have to live with some command issues for sure. I'm not worried about him. I'd still say I'm optimistic about Lane, and I think he figures it out. But his strike rate this spring is like 49%. He's throwing more balls than strikes. I think he'll lock that in, but that's it's not great. And I think you're always going to have to live with a little bit of that from Alex Lane. Yeah, sure
0: and Matt Manning is on this as well for reasons that we've all talked about that we know uh like yeah the talent is there the like there's, there's a lot of things that you like you just sometimes you don't like when you analyze baseball you don't want to be uh a servant of the box score but can we get some box scores in regular seasons that look nice, you know, and on the on the agate in the newspaper? You know what I mean? Uh, I, agate in the
1: newspaper, love it.
0: That's all I want. Uh, but do is in this list because, like, I just, you know, I, you know, can can we can we get there? Can can we figure this out? You know, I'm holding my breath. And also, like him with the next guy on this list, Hobby Bias. You're always kind of holding your breath with those guys because it's like. <gasps> You know what's gonna, what's gonna happen. Uh, part of that's their style of play, admittedly. But uh, but yeah, I have Baez and Badu on there, and I have both. I know he's not with the team, but he's on the forty man. I have both Meadows, Parker, and Austin on the hold in my breath because, you know, it's this Parker thing for real, real. You know, like it, like like it. You know, what was what it gonna look like in Toledo, and then when he probably does get called up sometime this year, like how's that going to go? Like it's, you're, you're so happy with how it's been, but it's like, you can't also forget how long it took here and what that road was like. Yeah. And then Austin, you know, it just, it it just feels like a big question mark still, which I'm surprised that I, in my mind that I feel this way, because I thought I, I thought I feel a little bit more optimistic about him. Not that I'm not, but I just, I just still feel like I don't know what, I don't know how to project 2023 Austin Meadows yet at this point and I, 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 I'm I excited for the version that they traded for basically at this time last year but I, I can't sit here and tell you that I know for sure he's gonna be that soon recently named all-star that uh that the, that the Tigers acquired and uh he hasn't done anything to like, quell, he hasn't done anything to, like, put me off, but he hasn't put uh, done anything to, like, get me up, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, it would have been nice to see him look a little more dialed in at some point this spring and be like, oh, he's back. That hasn't happened. It's been a really slow ramp for him. Took him a while to get his timing. Kind of got the timing. Still has not hit a home run of any form in a Detroit Tigers uniform, which it's a time to worry about that. I don't know. It's time to start being like, all right. One's going to leave the yard soon, right? And it probably will. Uh, Yeah, I want to see him dial back in. We'll see if he gets there. I think he probably does. But we don't have that tangible evidence yet. So I think you got him in the right category. Do
0: you think uh, it would have been better if this year's schedule was last year? where he gets traded he doesn't have to go anywhere and he just <laughs> and he just goes to- It's a few extra days
1: in Tampa, yeah. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. you yeah,
0: know, maybe. Uh so and you know nice little opportunity for him to start the year against his former team obviously. I don't I mean, I don't know the schedule well enough and his play and his injuries last year, you know, I don't remember but it, but it's like I mean, how many games did he play against the Rays last year? Like I have no idea. Was it like
1: I don't believe he played when they were at the Trop. I think he was on the IL. I could
0: be yeah, off. so maybe this is the first time. I don't know. Someone will probably correct us on that. But, you know, could be the first time playing his former team. Could be extra motivated. And if it's not, it's his first time playing his former team feeling like himself. So, uh, so yeah. Like I said, excited. But, you know, would have liked to have seen that I'm back moment. But we'll see. Yeah. You know, when the games count is when all this will be determined. All right. And throwing up my hands. I have Miguel Cabrera on there because, like, Like, the uncomfortable conversation. We have to be able to have two truths at once. Miguel Cabrera is a legend. We were lucky to be able to watch him for as long as we did. You know, those MVP years and the Triple Crown and leading the teams to the World Series. Probably should have got there the next year when they were a better team, but uh, he is an all-time Tiger. I'm not here to say, like, the greatest of all-time Tigers. I think... That's a, that's a little tougher for me, just in general. But he is an all-time Tiger. He will have a statue at Comerica. We got to see him get 500 home runs. We got to see him get 3,000 hits. I will always cherish going to Rangers-Tigers games and getting there early just to watch him take BP. Like, it's amazing. Or it was amazing. Now it's just, it's just not it's just not good. Like, and he'll watch him start out hot and prove me wrong and, and all this stuff. But there's just, there's age things here. There's injury past here. Um, I want, I've said this for a long time, I want a nice ride into the sunset. I don't want to remember him as, you know, as as the guy who just kind of limped to the end of his career. He doesn't have to have, like, an amazing season. The Pujols thing, unfortunately, is probably too, too much of a... Uh, expectation kind of placed on him given their similarities in their career and how Pujols ended last year but I just I've thrown up my hands because I just don't know it'd be nice if he was a little bit better and you're occupying a DH spot and the team is trying to you know win some games that's not the case right now so I'm throwing up my hands on that
1: I mean I, I think with Miggy, you know what you're getting I don't know that that's encouraging but he's been the same hitter for the past few years, which is not a good one, a below-league average DH. Miggy at his best is Harold Castro, a singles hitter who's hitting 300. and Miggy at his worst is what we saw in the second half of last year hitting one-something. I throw up my hands at how much he should play this year because I I don't know how to answer that question. It's a tough situation.
0: Yeah, very delicate. Very delicate thing for AJ to to navigate um, this season. Also, throwing on my hands like Jonathan Scope. And it's more about like the Jonathan Scope conversation. Uh, we've talked, we don't have to spend too much time. we talked about it the past two weeks in, in various forms. But there's, I'm throwing on my hands because like there's hints of this and there's hints of that. And I just want to see what the actual plan is and, you know, and, and, and him start to hit as likable as a guy as he is, I feel like he gets too much flack right now on the Twitter sphere and and, and not the respect that his track record deserves. You know, uh, so I'd like to see a bounce back from him for a couple of reasons. Uh, and A.J. Hinch, I feel like has been pretty frank talking about like his role and, you know, what he's given and what he's going to earn, going to have to earn, uh, which I think is good. But I was throwing up my hands on just like the Jonathan Scope conversation. Like it's 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 gone on way too much and way too many forms. I just wanna see him actually play the meaningful games there. And then uh bullpen. Just bullpen's in general. Bullpen's throwing up my hands. I don't know. Arms. No, you should throw righties, your bullpen at guys off your hands at every call up call down for sure that's just 40 man smart. kind of churning maybe there at, at the at the bottom end uh, of who you bring who, who you bring up who you acquire uh is bullpen in general I thought in previous years we felt better about the bullpen not to say and you talked about it earlier not to say that it's a discouraging bullpen but it's just the, the it's just it's just a different animal. I just throw up my hands at bullpens in general. So those, those are the throw up my hands version.
1: That's all fair. Scope, I'll bet anyone a beer that Jonathan Scope is not going to get cut before opening day. I know that conversation persists. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, I, I keep picking him as like a bounce back candidate, but he does have to hit at some point. He didn't hit in the Caribbean series. He didn't hit in the WBC. He hasn't hit in spring training. It's a historically slow starter, but dude's got to hit at some point. I think chances are the Tigers' bullpen will be improved, uh, or, or maybe not improved from last year, but will be good. I think Hinch and Fetter have a way of figuring these things out. Um, and But it's a bullpen, so the names and the faces could be different than we think right now.
0: Did I miss anybody? Is there uh, anyone that you've – because I – you know, I was looking at like, could I put Kreidler on here for like holding my breath? Could I, yeah, like I was, could I, should I put Zach Short in the not worried because I'm just not worried about Zach Short? <laughs> uh, uh, you know, <laughs> like it, it, uh, there's, you know, did I miss anybody? I tried to get it relatively uh, comprehensive, but, you know, there's, you, you could basically throw every pitcher into the, either uh, into, any of the last three: optimistic but curious, holding my breath, throwing my hands. You know, like Bo Briski's of the world, and and you know Lorenzen would have been in one of those categories had he been healthy to start. I mean, did I miss anybody? Got any adjust?
1: Uh, where are you putting Matt Boyd? Where are you putting Matt Boyd?
0: So actually, it's thank you for bringing that up because I had written him and not worried, but then I scratched it out and I meant to add him to optimistic but curious. Because I just feel like given the injury part of it, you can't say not worried, like his past. Um, And we don't really know, like we're going to figure out like what kind of this half of his career is going to look like this year. So I wanted to put him in not worried, but just given that he barely pitched last year and... The fact that he came out and said that I'm not signing a contract that doesn't have me as a starter uh, tells me that people wanted him to be a reliever. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so like I can't say I'm not worried if people in baseball wanted him to not have the same position, you know, basically. So I would I would have him in optimistic but curious because of you know he's a couple years older. Uh, his his injury history and the fact he bar- like I said he barely pitched last year.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was talking to Jason Stark and he was like, "He guy would be who would be worth a deep dive is Matt Boyd." And I was kind of like, "Well, I've kind of already done that like three times." Also, I'm actually gonna do it. You know, talk more okay. about how Boyd's different because he's probably gonna be start the home opener. So I'm gonna write it uh, for a fourth time. Um. I'm not worried about Matt Boyd, because I think you know what you're getting. I think at very worst, he is 2019, 2021 Matt Boyd, which is a guy who can give you some pretty good outings, also gonna give up some homers, some damage, fairly good starting pitcher. Uh, get you a lot of strikeouts, I like that. There's a world in which he's a little better and has the best year of his career. I think that is entirely possible. I, I don't see it being like a bad thing, uh, but I did tell Jason, like Boyd's kind of always, he, he's a, at risk. Of being that guy who's always one tweak away, he's always one change away from me. And talked to Matt yesterday. He he believes he's going to have the best year of his career. And Matt's conviction is part of what has got him here, and uh, given him a already a somewhat long career in Major League Baseball. We'll see if there's actually another step. But at worst, I'm not I'm not worried. Like I think we have a good idea of what we're going to get, and it's it's safe, you know. For sure.
0: All right, so. I alluded to this a little earlier and uh, I got some stuff going on in my life right now and I I feel the need to talk about it I I, I'm a as a lifelong you know reader you know sports journalist listening to talk radio and all that stuff uh, you feel connected to people I don't know if people feel connected to us I hope that's kind of like the intention of this podcast Uh, we've ventured into things that don't apply to just Tigers baseball. Um, we've talked about our personal lives, me getting married, some of the stuff uh, Cody went through before you know he met his girlfriend Andrea, and you know your dad uh, a couple years ago had um, had a medical issue um, that required your attention. And I remember at the time telling you like, hey, like you know, talk about it a little bit like that you know, people like that stuff, people, it, it helps us be better as a society, I think, and uh, and last year, my grandfather died, you know, I talked about it a little bit, so um so yeah, I just feel the need to kind of share with people, and it's kind of weird, cause it's like, we're, you know, you're a writer, like, we do this podcast together, like, we share our thoughts on things, but I wouldn't say either one of us are, like, overly personal on like social media like we don't like it like it's just not really like it's my thing but i don't like being the center of attention on stuff but um which is what this will be but um but yeah and there's a chance that i'll probably curse here so if uh (laughs) i'll try not to as much but if that's uh, something that's gonna be a problem uh you know here's your warning uh but um but you know the reason that this podcast exists. You want to go back to the very beginning, is because my father is from Metro Detroit, grew up in Franklin, uh, was Al Kaline's paperboy, boy, neighbors with Kaline. You know, idolized him obviously. And um, and although I didn't grow up there, spent no time there, you know, I you know he is my Detroit roots. And right now he's in the hospital. He on Tuesday. He was riding his uh his motorcycle to work, which he does as weather allows. And uh he was on basically like a service road and a uh, a work van exited the highway and needed to make essentially like a right hand turn like a ninety degree turn like before like the exit ramp even ended and hit him. And, um, and it's, uh, in the spirit of my journalistic roots, I will call it an alleged hit and run because, uh, they are accused of fleeing the scene. Uh, my dad was, uh, obviously hit up on the road and there's like a concrete barrier that protects like the houses on that, on that side of the road. And, uh. Set up pretty bad. He has, uh, he's lost his leg, his left leg, and he's got, you know, fractures and stuff in his wrists, and his head's banged up. He's got fractured cheekbones and, um, you know, bruisings everywhere. Luckily, his organs are good, so that's encouraging. Luckily, uh, the brain contusions. Uh, that he suffered are steady, so they're not getting worse. So the idea is that they will uh, heal with time. Um, and he's uh, he doesn't have a spinal cord injury per se, but he does have some uh, fractured vertebrae uh, near his neck, and um, it's not good. You know, it's 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 it's, it's hard to. It's hard to describe because that one, you know, and uh, uh, the only reason he's alive because you know, like his, he would have bled out there pretty quickly. the The where he was hit was just down the road from the police station, so there happened to be a police officer who was just driving to work, you know, at seven thirty, you know, whatever in the morning, and so just happened to see it happen. And obviously, it's a police officers, so you know what to do. um, you know, put the tourniquet on my dad's leg and, you know, called the ambulance and they got there quick and they got him to the hospital and, uh, and you know, his life was saved by those, you know, depending on whether you believe in the divine or not, divinity or circumstance, whatever the case, uh, that led there um, for him to, to be okay, uh, relatively speaking. But at the same time, you can't help but think about as grateful as is that he's still here, he can't help but think about, like, what he's not going to be able to do. You know, he's he's a Motor City guy. He likes to work on cars. And, and you know, obviously he loves his motorcycles. And, uh, you know, more or less that's done. Uh, he's not going to be able to, you know, work on the yard. And he's not going to be, like, everything's going to be more difficult. He's 71 years old. He turned 72 this year. And, you know it sucks for it for it to happen to anybody obviously but you know the older you are the more like difficult that recovery road is uh and you know like we're recording this podcast like he's actually in the OR right now getting like the operation on his leg to you know hopefully the last one but getting the operation on his leg to kind of make it you know ready if he you know uh you know get the final process of the amputation because when they first did it like it was just save his life and then he just kind of been sedated and stable the past couple of days to give his body time to recover um so you know as of recording like he he's gonna wake up and then he's gonna realize he doesn't have you know one of his legs you know he's not gonna remember all that stuff you know um uh, so it's hard it's difficult you're feeling grateful, you know, we've had, you know, got a lot of great people in my life that also know him, Cody, you're among them, you've been tremendous in your support, and, um, and I just, I just kind of feel like in a fog, because, like, I don't know what the road is, like, I don't know, like, because it's too early to tell, like, what this recovery process will be or how long it will take and uh and so that sucks doesn't doesn't suck as much as having your leg taken off but like just not knowing it it, it sucks and you know it's uh my, my one of my brothers well i got two brothers one of them's in like boot camp right now so we can't like get a hold of him like really like he'll he'll know here pretty soon uh Uh, but, you know, I got another brother who, you know, is a former Marine and just like my dad. And, uh, so he flew in so that, you know, that's, that's helpful. Um, and the doctors and stuff and obviously that cop, you know, it's been great. Um, so yeah, uh, it's, it's just, it just sucks. You know, it's just a shitty thing to go through. Um, at the same time, it very well could have been worse you know, I I text people updates. And I'm like, he's good, but he's not actually good. You know, like he's good for the scale, uh, but it's uh, you know, his life's not gonna be the same. You know, and it, and it sucks, and especially for it to happen. You know, I, obviously I know like the risks of riding motorcycles and all that stuff. You know, I don't do it myself, but it, like it, but he's been doing it his whole life, and it wasn't even like uh anything, anything out of the uh out of the round. it was just it was a crazy driver he would have been screwed up not as bad if he was in a car because he would you know the way that driver did it um and and so yeah i uh i just i don't know like if i'm not as proactive on something or you know whatever it's like uh, i don't know i just feel like I just feel like it's important to share because, like, he's been on this podcast. So, like, if you if you want to know just a little more about him or whatever, like, the podcast we did on Father's Day in 2021, uh, we had Cody's dad on there too. Um, uh, you can you can hear him talk about like Al Kaline's kid hurting himself in the in in the automatic garage, trying to hit the button and beat it, and all that stuff, and like growing up in Detroit and 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 all that stuff. Uh, but you know, it's, it's just, it's just a lot going on right now. And, uh, and I want to, and, and, but I, I still wanted to do this pod. I still want to do everything because like it's, it's therapeutic for me. I know it's, he's as humble a guy as I know. I know he would want me to, to keep doing it. Um, you know, even in this limbo, uh, of his situation, but, um, you know, it, uh, it's just, it just sucks, it just sucks, it's a shitty feeling, it's not fun to, you know, this should be a really exciting time for me, if I can be selfish for a second, it's my anniversary tomorrow, baseball season's about to start, NCAA tournament, you know, all this stuff, it's a great time of the year, um, but it's just, it's just, uh, you know, there's, this, this thing happens, and Um, as grateful as I am that he's alive, it's still going to be a long road. And, um, and, you know, you just don't know the uncertainty hurts the most. And, um, so yeah, I'm talking in circles now, but it just sucks. I'm happy he's alive. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just another reminder and, you know, especially as I mentioned earlier, Cody with you, you don't need this reminder, but it's another reminder of, you know it's how precious these things are, and um, and to never take them for granted. Uh, and you know it's um, it's just shitty, but I'm also very thankful. If is the is is the to the way to put it. So I just wanted to kind of put that out there because I just I just believe in being transparent, and um, and so uh, I hope the lesson there is. You know, be safe out there on the roads and also like cherish the people you have in your life. So, um, so yeah, I hope, I hope that uh, made sense to people as I kind of rambled on there.
1: Oh, for sure. Thanks for, for sharing that, Kieran. Um, obviously I'm here for you. I'm sure a lot of our listeners uh, are, are here to support you in other ways, you know, anything we can do. I, I think you have a great community around you it's not a whole lot more I can add, you know, I think everything you said was, was really well phrased. Um, you mentioned earlier that the randomness of life and that can be good and that can be bad. And unfortunately I I think it's that spectrum that makes it, um, you know, the beauty of life is that, is that there's joy and pain at, at the same time and we go through these things and when you go through this, it, it can hit you in the face and realize, oh, I can't take these things for granted. And then it's so easy to go back into our normal rhythms. I'm guilty of it. I think we're all guilty of it. You worry about, um, you know, where Zach Short fits on the Tigers <laughs> roster. And it's like, there's a lot more going on here. You know, I try to write stories that reflect that humanity um, as much as I possibly can and it's 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 weird to say oh well we're sitting here talking about baseball like like what are we doing um, but I guess you know that's one of the things that brings joy one of the things your, your father enjoys and um, I, I'm gonna end up talking in circles too because there's not always an explanation we like to look for a grand takeaway and, and there are things we can take away but sometimes things happen and they're out of our control and you just have to deal with them as you may. So, um, no, thanks for sharing and I hope someone out there can get, you know, take something away from, from everything you just said. And obviously, um, best wishes for Mike who I've, I've met many times and as I can tell, he's a great father and someone I've always enjoyed just talking to about life because he has, he has a lot of good perspective and experiences and, um, hope his recovery goes as well as, as we can possibly ask at this point.
0: Absolutely. And uh, thank you for that, Cody. Uh, thanks for, like I said, all your support. Um, and, uh, and yeah, let's just do an awkward transition to wrapping this thing up, huh? <laughs> right. uh, this is a long, fun, fun pod. It was therapeutic for me. Uh, enjoyed it a lot. The season's coming up here. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll have something Thursday um after the the uh, oh, after opening day a little bit just recap and then we'll go into our normal routine um it's it's a great time it's an exciting time for baseball and i think it's going to be a fun tigers season excuse me uh so yes i want to thank everybody for listening following on twitter at cody stavenhagen at Kieran underscore stackley at turn corner pod and subscribing on apple spotify subscribing to the athletics you can read all of cody's great content coming up and throughout the season So for Cody Stabenhagen, I'm Kieran Steckley. Everybody have a great opening day week.